Morning News with Trey Ware, now on FM 1071. Chuck Grassley says the FBI has voluminous evidence from whistleblowers against the entire Biden crime syndicate family. Morning, San Antonio 508, KTSA. The Justice Department reportedly delaying its final decision on whether Hunter Biden will be charged for his alleged tax and gun-related violations due to his drug abuse, but it could go even deeper, farther, and wider, including the President of the United States. Based on recent protected disclosures to my office, Grassley has written to the FBI, the FBI has within its possession significant, impactful, and voluminous evidence with respect to potential criminal conduct by Hunter Biden and James Biden. The senator writing in a letter that uh, was sent to Attorney General Merrick Garland, FBI Director Christopher Wray, and Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who is running the criminal investigation against Hunter Biden. You know that Ray's not going to do anything. You know that Merrick Garland is not going to do anything. Grassley suspects former FBI agent Tim Tebow shut down that investigation into Hunter's laptop, a separate case from the tax and gun-related probe, because a Tony Babalinski personally met with President Joe Biden in 2017 for an hour to discuss the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese. Babalinski confirming 10 held by H for the big guy. That's 10% held by Hunter for Joe Biden. 10% of all the cut, of all the family business. And that's in reference to the discussed plan for Hunter to hold equity on behalf of Joe Biden. Then Grassley stated the CEFC, a now defunct Chinese energy company close to the CCP, wired Hunter and James Biden's firms $5 million in 2017. The Washington Post also admitting that Hunter profited $4.8 million in retainer and consulting fees from that company through 2017 and 2018, and the emails showing that Hunter cut a key to an office for Joe and Jill biden to facilitate their agreement with that company in other words they had to sign on the dotted line that was as vice president grassley detailing further evidence against hunter regarding the biden family's business ventures in ukraine where hunter sat on verisma's board collected eighty thousand dollars a month while joe biden was vice president grassley saying the fbi has within its possession a series of documents relating to information on mikola shetsky the owner of Burisma, and his business and financial associations with Hunter Biden, Grassley writing. And, of course, a potential criminal conduct by Hunter Biden. Overall, overall, he detailed 17 instances showing that Joe Biden was involved in his family's business deals. Joe Biden and his staff have claimed seven times the president had no part in the family business. Well, he is the reason that the family business even exists talentless hunter the crackhead would be homeless in san francisco without his daddy being in the position that he is in then we find out again yesterday hunter biden reached a 40 million dollar real estate deal in 2012 with russian billionaire and wife of a former mayor of moscow yelena baterina while president joe biden was vice president a massive deal 40 million dollars sent to hunter Previously reported $3.5 million fee that Batterina paid Hunter's real estate entity to access the American business market, according to the Daily Mail today. The $40 million real estate deal, structured as part of a pooled real estate fund, the $40 million that Batterina invested into the fund reportedly flowed from a Swiss company. You know, you got to hide it. I just can't write you a check out of my checkbook because everybody's going to know it's from me. You have to funnel it somewhere else. All the rich and famous and powerful who play these games, they do it. In 2015, there was a photograph with Hunter and then Vice President Joe Biden at Cafe Milano in Washington, D.C., one of those 17 instances that Joe Biden has been involved in the Biden family business. Now, this is uh, important because... Uh, with a Democrat Congress in power, you're not going to get impeachment proceedings. However, impeachment proceedings should follow this because Joe Biden apparently was involved in the family business of selling influence to very rich and powerful people around the world, allegedly. And we have a cover-up that's going on because the Department of Justice is not doing anything about this. They have been alerted by a whistleblower. Same thing. You had that little whistleblower 
uh, notify somebody, uh, probably pencil neck when Trump was in power, and to turn around and they impeach Donald Trump for a legitimate telephone call to uh, uh, Ukraine now. But you've got a situation here where there's a hotbed and, and voluminous evidence that has been turned over to the FBI and the Department of Justice concerning Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and their crooked family dealings, and nothing is being done at all. No impeachment proceedings, no criminal proceedings, nothing. It's sitting there. Freeze alerts have been issued for more than 75 million Americans. The coldest air of the season invading the Midwest, the South, and the East. Snow, rain, gusty winds from the Great Lakes to the Northeast. Widespread chilly air mass. Could make it all the way to Gulf Coast by midweek. The early season cold snap providing the lowest temperature since April in many areas with more than 180 million people. That's roughly half the country estimated to see temperatures of at least 10 degrees below average on uh, today and tomorrow for us it's going to be gorgeous clouds and sun at about 69 tonight though this time tomorrow morning okay let's put it that way this time tomorrow morning is going to be clear it's going to be cold it's going to be the bus stop going to be cold tomorrow morning you going into work is going to be cold tomorrow morning about this time the coldest that we've been since april is going to hit us this time 24 hours from right now so you will definitely need a jacket. The complete accuracy of the forecast is coming up in less than two minutes. A slew of polling released over the weekend showing that Republicans hold the lead and momentum going down to the wire. It's going to be a close one. New York Times, Siena College poll, Republicans are up four. Trafalgar Group, Republicans are up five. The CBS YouGov poll, Republicans are up two. The Rasmussen poll, Republicans are up seven. The Harvard-Harris poll, Republicans are up six, so you get an idea. It's right in that range of four to seven points that the Republicans are up right now in all these places. Too close to sit this one out, and too important to sit this one out. Corruption, apparently, between the White House and a deal that they cut with the El Paso mayor concerning illegal aliens. I'm going to tell you about that, and Dennis and I are going to discuss Bubba Wallace again. Because there's news concerning Bubba yesterday. It's national news. And there have been people now that have turned out to uh, now criticize him that you wouldn't normally think would. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, Trey Ware, KTSA. And FM 1071. Uh, You just heard uh, Debbie talk about 1604 eastbound between bitters and northwest military closed due to an accident avoid that area for a while we'll let you know when it opens up freeze up again 1604 eastbound between bitters and northwest military corruption between the biden administration and the mayor out in el paso apparently as the white house pressured the democrat mayor of el paso to not declare a state of emergency over the illegal immigrant crisis due to a fear that it would make president biden look bad exclusive reporting now by the new york post on this today At least three of El Paso City Council's eight members have urged Mayor Oscar Leeser to issue an emergency declaration in response to all the thousands of illegal immigrants who have filled the city's shelters and being housed in local hotels. By the way, San Antonio got the designation in America of being the first city to house uh, the homeless, uh, reach the goal of housing as many as, as we said we were going to. Well, those are illegal aliens. That's what that is. Come to America. We'll give you a free place to live. Anyway, the uh, mayor, the Democrat mayor of El Paso, admitted during a private phone conversation last month that he had been directed otherwise by the Biden administration. Uh, City Council member Claudia Rodriguez saying, he, the mayor, told me the White House asked him to not declare a state of emergency because it would make the president look bad. And you know, to hell with our laws, what matters is, is how does the president look? You know, politically, how does he look? U.S. Representative Tony Gonzalez says this is a sleight of hand that the administration is playing, pressuring local governments to not issue a declaration of emergency to say that everything is going okay. And Gonzalez went on to allege the White House has done the same thing in different parts of Texas. Of course they have. Of course they've done it right here. You know they have. I have no doubt in my mind, do you? The White House has asked at this point for us not to do that, and they'll continue to work with us and continue to give us money through FEMA, said the mayor. In other words, if we don't 
declare a state of emergency, then we'll continue to get money. If we do, then the money cuts off. That's funny because didn't Joe Biden do that in Ukraine when he went over there and he admitted it? You can see it on YouTube. Cut off the investigation into Hunter or you don't get the billion dollars. He is a mafia boss, isn't he? He's a Don. Let's call him Don Biden. Figures posted on El Paso's official website show that they've only gotten $2 million from the federal government toward the $8 million they have spent. In El Paso, they're spending $300,000 a day on this problem because it's huge, huge. And in May, they had originally said we're going to declare a state of emergency because that would have opened up the floodgates for cash when Title 42 was being killed. But then, of course, the, the phone call comes from D.C. and says, no, uh, no, no, uh, uh, no, no, don't do that. And they, they acquiesced. The mayor over in El Paso gave in. Why? Because, check this out, they broker a deal with Mayor Adams in New York to load up bus fulls, and we're talking about more than 10,000 so far, to be bused from Democrat-controlled El Paso up to New York with the blessing of Mayor Adams. Why? Because you know, as well as I do, the administration's in that deal. Okay, shh, keep it quiet. Keep your mouth shut. We'll send you money, and you can bus them to New York, and the mayor of New York is going to say it's all cool and fine. And that's it's not exact- a secret. It's not a secret. That's exactly what happened here they're all done by the biden administration so javier when are you going to charge joe biden with human trafficking huh when are you going to do it when are you going to do that because he's human trafficking this administration is involved in human trafficking along with the people in el paso along with the guys up in new york who are in cahoots with it but they're screaming about greg abbott and they have sent four times as many out of el paso under this deal than greg abbott has sent I, I think you got a case there, Javier. I think you charged the president. Human trafficking. All right, to my NASCAR bud in the building, Dennis Foley. Yeah. Let's talk about Bubba Wallace, huh? Yeah. So Bubba says he's sorry, but not to Kyle. Right. Yeah. So he's not really sorry. Um, again, I, I, I watched the tape again for about the hundredth time. He hit the wall. Bubba drove into the fence. And he then, after hitting the wall, he bounced down into Kyle Larson. Then Kyle gets out of the way and runs down the apron, and Bubba takes a straight shot at him. Again, I'll say what I said yesterday when you and I talked about this. If one of those sluggers in baseball gets pissed off at uh, the opponent and walks over with a bat hits him against the side of the head, I think he'd probably go to jail. I think he probably would. This is worse than that these guys, there's, and Bubba's well aware of the injuries in NASCAR this year, that the, several guys are out with brain injuries, and, uh, and, and he's running a, approximately at that point on a racetrack 170 miles an hour. Uh, people don't realize watching on television how fast 170 is, but 200 is a football field in one second. I know I've done it. So when you consider goalpost to goalpost in one second time, they're they're traveling pretty close to that. TV doesn't do it justice. You've been there. Oh yeah. You've seen how fast they come by the fence. Yeah. So uh, he he lost control, and in this type of business, you cannot lose control, and he did, and he lost control not only by hitting uh, Kyle Larson and forcing him into the wall the way he did at such incredible speeds, endangering his life. Uh, but then after it was over with, he continued to lose control. And this was not uh, any kind of apology. He apologized, really, for taking out a Toyota teammate, a fact that you brought up yeah. yesterday, who was in the hunt. That's who he apologized to. Yeah, and and all his sponsors and partners. And like For me, I'm curious, not that I enjoy being a fly in the room but yeah. you know like what that conversation was after the race as you know team owner uh, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan they own the team that um Bubba Wallace drives for and Denny Hamlin's also a driver whose teammate is Christopher Bell who was yeah and there's all these interconnected pieces mm-hmm. and so I'm curious you know how that conversation would have gone and also Denny Hamlin the team owner of the Bubba Wallace car mm-hmm. is also close friends with Kyle Larson, the other side of 
of the uh, little melee mm-hmm. there. So from a interpersonal relationship perspective, you know, that was going to be curious to see how that would play out. And I'm not surprised to see the apology. Um, and I mean, even Larson has said that, you know, he, he, he probably made a mistake going as hard as he did into the corner. Uh, but still, I mean, you don't, this is what we saw Sunday, I think, unfortunately is just, a lack of emotional control. That's exactly what it and is. And it's it's unfortunate. I mean, it's unfortunate that, you know, this is how it plays out for him, for Wallace, but it's one of those things that it can't go unpunished. Uh it can't either, I'm not I don't know exactly what the uh punishment or consequences will be, but it, it just it's, Well, first of all, and Jason Whitlock was talking about this this morning. He said, "Look, here's the deal. Uh NASCAR is in a bind right now. I mentioned this yesterday because if they soft pedal this, it's going to clearly be because he's black. Clearly. So, so you think charges should be filed? I'm not saying that. Uh, oh, okay. But what no. I am saying is at the very least, you know, I, you, they, they have to consider being as tough as they can on the penalty for him. I don't think a hundred grand is enough. Uh, I think it needs to be well over a hundred thousand dollars. On the da- on the download from from Dale Jr. yesterday, he he agreed with that. He said, you know, probably needs to be a hundred and fifty or even higher than that. And then, of course, docking him the points and all that. I would say set him down for the rest of the year, though. I would mm. say they got three races left, yeah. and he doesn't need to be in a race car because clearly he can't control his emotions. Um, and uh, and this was a dangerous situation. Let me tell you what, Matt 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 Walsh is not necessarily a, a racing fan. He's a you know he's a blogger over at Daily Mail or Daily Wire. A uh, really smart guy. He said this. Bubba Wallace tried to kill a guy during a race yesterday because he was angry. NASCAR went along with the garage door pool stunt a few years ago and created a crybaby self entitled monster in the process. Yet another overgrown man child who has never been told no in his life. He rammed his car into someone going 180 miles an hour. It's not bumper cars. You could easily kill somebody doing that. My point about that is, and I agree with him on the pool, by the way. That was a hoax. That was a Jesse Smollett kind of hoax as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think that was all played up to be you know, a noose. And it, I've seen that a million times in NASCAR garages. You take a little tiny rope and you tie it around. You make a loop so you can get your hand in it and pull down a garage door. We've done it. We've all done it. And for him to claim that was a noose and bring in the FBI was a bunch of crap as far as I'm concerned. So I agree with Matt Walsh on that. But, again, I go back to my baseball bat or golf club thing, well, right? I was going to tell you, in hockey, they have pressed charges mm-hmm. when someone has used a stick on right. another opponent. Right. Yeah. yeah. You cannot do that. Yeah. And and then Bubba tried to claim, well, the steering went bad. No, I also went back and I looked at the telemetry. He had plenty of steering. It was not It was not steering. That's another BS thing that drivers just, oh, I ran out of brakes. Uh, brakes quit. And I ran over the guy. No, you, brakes didn't quit. But now, in this car, we have the telemetry to see what's going on with every aspect of this car. His foot was on the floor and the wheel turned left. And he ran down there as hard as he could. And he hit uh, Kyle Larson as hard as he could. Uh, that's a, that's, you know, he could have killed him. Yeah. Could have killed him, literally killed him. NASCAR has got to do something about this, and they've got to be tough on this, but they're scared to death because he's a black guy. Just say what it is. That's They're scared to death of doing this because he's a black guy and the ramifications they're going to face. Yeah, and well, it's Jason also, Whitlock said it. I didn't. He said it. Yeah, and it's also, and I mentioned this yesterday, you know, what sort of precedent has NASCAR set before? Because, you know, whatever penalty comes down, there's probably going to be an appeal, and so, you know, if there's no precedent for whatever penalty they put out, you know, then it's it's like you know, NASCAR can do whatever it wants. But if you know there's no precedent for whatever's in the rule books, you know, then it's kind of it doesn't really matter what NASCAR does because you know they could suspend for the rest of the season and an appeal might say, yeah, no, you don't, you haven't done this before, and he might be racing next Sunday. Well, uh, as far as NASCAR is concerned. They almost lost one of their, they could have in this situation, lost one of their premier marquee. Last year he was the champion players in the sport. They could have lost him because of this activity. I see it as, and you know, I'm a driver, uh, former driver, retired. But I ha- I see it as a baseball player taking a baseball bat to the head of somebody in a, you know, across the way and trying to knock him out. That's ex- you're taking you're using what you're you know you're using the tool of the trade as a weapon, and you cannot there's no way you can do that. Some of the drivers in the past have have done it. Yeah, I go back to Dale Earnhardt and people like that, but they were skilled and they they certainly didn't do it at that kind of speed. 
uh, smaller tracks or in a different situation where you knew you weren't going to get the hot guy hurt, yes, you can move a guy around. And you know, these guys know they're the best on the planet. There's only 43 of them out of the, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands out there driving. There's only 43 of these. They're the best on the planet, period, full stop. So they know what they're doing. And he knew. Bubba knew what he was doing. So, sorry, Bubba. you got to sit down the rest of the year. And a big – it's got to hurt him so bad when it comes to money that he'll never do this again. And by the way, I don't care what his skin color is. I'd be saying this if it was the whitest guy out there. I don't really care. Yeah. That doesn't matter to and, me. And the bigger bigger thing I, I would hope to see is some sort of – It's I don't think it's necessarily anger management, but some sort of – Got to. Yeah, some he's sort of He's got to have program. some canceling. He's got to get with some of the – yeah, we got to wrap it up. He's He's got to get with some of the older statesmen yeah. of the sport – and go, okay, man, this is how you handle this. The next time guy pisses you off like this, this is what needs to go through your mind. Quick break. More coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. Trey Ware here on KTSA where it's 541-210-599-5555. We got the news for you, my comments about the news. And if at any time you want to jump in here with your thoughts and comments, please feel free. Uh, don't forget, coming up this Friday, of course, is the Raul Jimenez, the 15th annual Raul Jimenez Radiothon for Thanksgiving. Th- Thanksgiving will be tough this year for a lot of folks. Completely understand that. Uh, but anything you can do this coming Friday is going to be much appreciated. Beginning at this time at 5 a.m., we're going to be talking about it right here on KTSA, and uh, we'll be working all day long to raise money so that uh, about 35,000 uh, of the less fortunate in San Antonio will be able to get together and have a Thanksgiving meal. And this is uh, a, by far the largest Thanksgiving meal of its kind on planet Earth. And it only happens if you can make it happen. Uh, you know, five, ten, twenty, thirty, fifty dollars, whatever you can give. Those are the difference makers, and uh, we appreciate your help. That's this coming Friday morning, beginning at five a.m. If you can call early, right at five, we'll have a special number. Be talking about that. If you can call early, right at five, that would be appreciated as well. So the U.S. economy is effectively certain to enter into a recession in the next twelve months, according to model projections from Bloomberg Economics. That's a left-wing Democrat organization. So if they're saying that, then you know that it's going to happen because they wouldn't be saying that if they didn't have to, right? Bloomberg News describing this as a blow to President Joe Biden's economic messaging ahead of the November elections. In fact, inflation is now hitting the candy for Halloween. Compared to a year ago, inflation has caused Halloween candy prices to go up over 13%, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. That's the highest increase ever recorded in candy. The surge in candy prices being driven by, of course, the rising cost of the ingredients like the sugar and the flour. Sugar is 17% higher than last year. Flour is up even more. That's at 24%. Cakes and cupcakes and cookies are also up by 16%. Prices skyrocketing for other Halloween items this year, too. The average price for a large pumpkin is up from 492 to 568 due to inflation. Halloween costumes, also more expensive. Inflation has driven up clothing prices by 5.5%. And moreover, The production cost to create Halloween clothing, such as sewing machines and fabric and supplies, up 11%. As inflation soars, American consumers do not expect President Joe Biden's economy to improve. Consumer uh, sentiment is currently at 59.8%. That's down from 71.7% last year. Sam's Club also being hit by this. They are going up, uh, increasing their memberships on Monday for the first time in nearly a decade. CEO Catherine McClay at Sam's Club telling uh, customers in a recent note that they're raising their annual membership fees from $50 or $250 from $45 for club members. First in nine years that they've gone up. And at the same time, plus memberships are going to $110 from $100, the first increase since 1999 when they first introduced those as well. But the president says... You know, this has always been the case. These prices have always been high like this. Again, back to telling a lie enough times, and if you tell it over and over and over again, then that lie becomes the truth. Joseph Goebbels, during the Hitler years in Germany in the 1930s, if you tell that lie over and over again, over and over again, people will start to believe that lie, whatever the lie is that Joe is telling at this time. And this slide that he's telling right now has to do with the gas prices in California. They've always been high. In fact, here's what the reporter said to the president. The inflation report is out. Have you seen gas prices around here in L.A.? It's 7 bucks a gallon almost. Biden said, well, that's always been the case here. It's always been $7. 
But housing is the big, most important thing we have to deal with. Say, say, say what? High gas prices is a housing problem? Uh, by the way, just to set the record straight, gas was 3.36 a gallon in California when Joe Biden was sworn in as president. That's less than half of what it is today. So it's not always been $7 a gallon, old Joe. But I know that there are numb nuts who follow you that are going to buy that. They're going to lap it up. They're going to go, yeah, it's always been high in California. It's always been $7. Prior to him becoming president, $5 a, gas, a gallon of gas in California was considered extremely high, and they panicked at 5 It's up at 7 now. AAA reporting the national average price of gallon is up to three ninety two as of yesterday. California at $7. And the U.S. government says all Americans will pay much more for natural gas this winter. The Energy Information Administration releasing data on projected energy costs indicating that Americans can expect to pay higher fees for natural gas for the upcoming winter saying that they are forecasting U.S. households that primarily use natural gas for heating will spend an average of $931 on heating this winter. That's 28% or $206 more than last year. Nearly half of all U.S. homes rely on natural gas, primary heating fuel, according to the Census Bureau. The agency said it's expected retail natural gas prices to rise 22%. This winter, according to the Energy Information Center, this winter, we expect colder temperatures and slightly more household consumption to contribute to higher natural gas bills compared with last winter. Remember, remember, President Joe Biden has taken a number of steps since taking office to disincentivize fuel and fossil fuel production. Oil production on federal lands and waters have fallen by more than 12 million barrels per month or per day this month. More than a million barrels less than its March 2020 pre-pandemic level. And the Gulf of Mexico oil production remains at 250,000 barrels per day lower than pre-pandemic levels. That's what's causing the prices to go up is that Joe Biden has, as he said on the campaign trail, I'm going to declare war on fossil fuels. I'm going to kill fossil fuel production in the United States. That will kill the economy. New England and other states now saying that winter blackouts are going to be coming as these gas supplies tighten. Power producers across America preparing for potential strain on the grid this winter as a surge in natural gas uh, threatens to reduce supplies. Warning now that an extremely cold winter could strain the reliability of the grid across the country and potentially result in the need for rolling blackouts to keep electric uh, supply and demand in balance throughout the country so please be aware of that last night the los angeles chargers uh, beat on the last second kick from uh, uh from dustin hopkins uh beat the denver broncos 19 to 16 last night and when he was interviewed after the game he gave credit where credit is due after winning and he was injured by the way kind of unusual for a kicker to be injured he said i just want to say thank you to my lord and savior jesus christ I got so much to be thankful for apart from football. And so when something like this happens, I'm blessed either way. But to be on the good side of that, it feels a whole lot better. Thanks to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And amen to that. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Your hotline. All right, so it's 555 now, KTSA. Well, I wish they weren't doing this. <laughs> Boston University researchers claiming have to, they've developed new, more lethal COVID strain in the lab. Why? Because oh, we got to figure out how to solve the problem. No, you don't. We know it's bad. Quit messing with Mother Nature. Now, this is, this is this is how it happened out of Wuhan. You know it. You know this is how it happened out of Wuhan, and then it was turned into a weaponized device. And man, you know the results of this. Well, up in Boston University, the new one that they have come up with by taking the spike protein from Omicron, attaching it with the strain first detected at the onset of the pandemic beginning in Wuhan, China. They put the two together, and now they got a super strain of COVID-19. Well, listen, I'm not a researcher, and I don't wear those silly suits inside of a building mixing this stuff together, but I could have told you that <laughs> if you took Man, come on now. Who who said, you know, I wonder what would happen if we took Omicron and mixed it with the original strain. Do you think it'd be bad? Of course it's gonna be bad. So anyway, it's eighty it has an eighty percent 
lethality. 80% lethality. Which means the mice that they injected with this new strain they just invented in Boston University kills 80% of the mice that they injected with it. Great, guys. Keep it up. We really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, Greg Gutfeld went off on Fox News yesterday during the five. I've got to tell you about this because I could not agree with him more, as, as, as I typically do. I mean, I think Greg is a great guy. I think he's a wonderful entertainer. I think he figured this, all, this whole thing out, and I'll explain that in just a couple of minutes, something that they did on the five yesterday that he was in disagreement with and was asking them not to do, and they did it anyway. And you remember uh, Peter Strzok, you know, the Lovebirds, Lisa Page, Peter Strzok. Peter Strzok was a big, he had a big part in trying to get after Trump with Crossfire Hurricane and all that. Yeah, wait until you hear what Peter Strzok said about January 6th and 9-11. He said it yesterday under testimony under oath, and I'll tell you more about that coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. Your hotline. All right, so it's 5.55 now, KTSA. Well, I wish they weren't doing this. <laughs> Boston University researchers claiming have to, they've developed new, more lethal COVID strain in the lab. Why? Because well, we got to figure out how to solve the problem. No, you don't. We know it's bad. Quit messing with Mother Nature. Now, this is, this is this is how it happened out of Wuhan. You know it. You know this is how it happened out of Wuhan, and then it was turned into a weaponized device. And man, you know the results of this. Well, up in Boston University, the new one that they have come up with by taking the spike protein from Omicron, attaching it with the strain first detected at the onset of the pandemic beginning in Wuhan, China. They put the two together, and now they got a super strain of COVID-19. Well, listen, I'm not a researcher, and I don't wear those silly suits inside of a building mixing this stuff together, but I could have told you that <laughs> if you took Man, come on now. Who who said, you know, I wonder what would happen if we took Omicron and mixed it with the original strain. Do you think it'd be bad? Of course it's gonna be bad. So anyway, it's eighty it has an eighty percent lethality. Eighty percent lethality. Which means the mice that they injected with this new strain they just invented in Boston University kills eighty percent of the mice that they injected with it great guys keep it up we really appreciate that thank you very much um greg gutfeld went off on fox news yesterday during the five i've got to tell you about this because i could not agree with him more as, as as i typically do i mean i think greg is a great guy i think he's a wonderful entertainer i think he figured this all this whole thing out and i'll explain that in just a couple of minutes something that they did on the five yesterday that he was in disagreement with and was asking them not to do and they did it anyway and you remember uh peter strzok you know the lovebirds lisa page peter strzok peter strzok was a big he had a big part in trying to get after trump with crossfire hurricane and all that yeah, wait until you hear what Peter Strzok said about January 6th and 9-11. He said it yesterday under testimony under oath, and I'll tell you more about that coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. All right, it's 6.05 now, KTSA. Good morning, San Antonio. Trey Ware here. Great to have you with us this morning. 210-599-5555. What Greg Gutfeld took his own network, Fox News, to task for yesterday We'll tell you more about that. And again, Peter Strzok, who was, you know, he was high up in Crossfire Hurricane. What he said about January 6th and 9-11, we'll talk about that. But first, I want to go to the Stevens Roofing, KTSA Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. And an old friend that I have known for probably 30-some-odd years here in San Antonio. He's been in the marketing business with PM Group from, uh, for about 36 or so years and representing uh, Thomas J. Henry. If you guys remember, recently I had um, Trista Berry on, and we were talking about a story that had come out concerning a dark money group that had been spending money uh, on ads against Trista Berry and for Peter Sakai here in the Bear County uh, judges race. And uh, she had mentioned Thomas J. Henry may be behind that money and uh, might be helping to fund that dark money group. A claim that he came out, uh, in fact, Bob Wills came out and uh, denied that claim, and then Thomas J. Henry came out in a press conference and denied that claim as well. So we wanted to have Bob on this morning to talk a little bit about it. And, Bob, it's great to talk to you again, man. Good morning. Good to see you. 
I shouldn't say good morning. I don't get up this early in the morning. <laughs> uh, hardly anybody does as early as I do anyway, Bob, but it's good to talk to you this morning. And I, I just wanted to get your thoughts and your comments on what uh, the charges were from uh, from Trish DeBerry. Well, you know, um, when people are 17 and 19 points down in the polls, they start getting desperate. That's number one. And um, she's thrown a Hail Mary and tried to villainize people that have nothing to do with it. And what I want to do is share with your listeners this morning why I believe she did it. And there is some great truth to this. But, you know, I want to give some uh, context to um, where we are today. Now, I always say, let me use an example in this case of, you know, Trish running against Peter Sakai. Um, You know, Trish, his whole career, she had a whopping 11 months of public service where she served on commissioner's court, right? And imagine if a young police officer came out of the police academy and after 11 months decided, hmm, I want to be the chief of police and runs for chief of police. That's kind of unheard of. And that's really what we have here. But this has got a twisted tale. And this may be hard to believe, but it's absolutely truthful. And it can be proven uh, in a court of law or in the court of public opinion. Um, in Trisha's case, Um, we kind of compete in the same area. You know, the PM Group is the largest advertising agency in the San Antonio, South Texas area. Um, And Trish has a public relations firm. She's in what's called Earn Me. She goes out, petitions, you know, shows like yours, TV stations, newspapers. She wants to get free publicity for her clients. She wants to be in the news. Well, in the PM group, you know, we place advertising campaigns like we do for Thomas J. Henry and many, many other companies that we do it for. Um, so back in 2000, May of 2018, the San Antonio River Authority put out a million-dollar contract, a million dollars, right? And they wanted media to be bought for their, in their as they stated in their RFP request for approval, uh, request for proposal. So how is it that someone who doesn't have a media buying department, doesn't have media buying software, all the equipment, it's not in your field, wins a million dollar contract to do something? You know, it's very, very odd. It'd be like somebody winning a contract to build something from the county but they've never builded anything. They don't have the equipment to build it. Um, so anyway, so I did a request with the state of Texas. You know, we have a great process. If there's any public contracts, you know, by law, um, you can request all the background and paperwork as to how this was done. So we made a request to this to the state of Texas, and we got it back. And what we got back was very shocking. When I say shocking, it was um, what she was charging. Now, we, and and I'm not bitter about not getting that uh, contract. I was just concerned how did we miss miss it being is the biggest buyer of media, probably the best buyer. You know, our agency is large as the largest. According to the San Antonio Business Journal, you know, if you added up agencies ranked number two all the way down to number 14, we were bigger than them combined. We have massive buying power. And I couldn't understand how we didn't win this contract. So, you know, you, you request this information to do some research and hope that when you bid the next time, you'll be better. You know, uh, you learn more, learn more by lo- losing than you do by winning often, especially when you're you know a young company and getting bigger. Mm-hmm. So we um, requested this, and we got back, and we're shocked to learn 
Um, and, and Trey, you know what commission that um, an ad agency would get on an invoice advertising in KTSA, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, there's a, there's a split. I don't I don't know the numbers, but I know there's a split that uh, that is commission. Fifteen percent. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, also, you had to make the commercials. They said they want to make so many TV commercials or radio commercials, and on this contract, you know, we estimated that, that was going to be approximately seven percent of the contract to make that. So that fifteen and seven is twenty two percent. Okay. Well, she was charging forty six percent. Okay. An unheard of amount. Okay. That's a quarter of a million dollars more than we did. And in the situation of this whole ordeal, here's Trish DeBerry on her own website for a campaign saying she wants to cut wasteful spending. Well, she was wasteful spending in her business. Okay. Gouging so, the county. All right, let me let me cut to uh, the chase here because I'm going to have a hard break in a minute that I can't do anything about, Bob, and I'm going to have to make that break. So let me cut to the chase on the on the dark money stuff. Uh, you you uh, had a press conference, as did Thomas J. Henry, and denied all involvement. So talk about that for just a second, on the, specifically the dark money and the charges that she made. Well, we're 100% behind it, but this has a lot to do with I think us turning her turning her in, it's a little she wanted to do some payback because she's down seventeen points and she's gonna have to come back. This dark money, and I can unequivocally and I told this to the Express News, their editorial board yesterday, you can come to my bank, you can come to my office and look at general ledgers, check registers, you can go to my bank and see the personal accounts of my wife and uh, myself that we did not write a check. She just made all this up. She absolutely, unequivocally, 100% made this up because she's a desperate person. And we also know why. And how long, much longer, are we coming back from the break? No, I, no I'm, I'm going to make the break here in just a few minutes and then we'll be done. But let me ask you this, Bob. Is there, uh, w- when you talk about making a, you know, not cutting a check, you didn't, you know, 100% unequivocally did not make a donation at all. In other words, there's no money that went directly or indirectly to any group involved in this case. In other words, you, you didn't write a check or didn't make any kind of donation at all to the dark money group itself, but to no other entity that may have sent it to the dark money group. I'm just wanting to make sure that we're perfectly clear that none of your money or Thomas J's money went to that group at all. Period. That is 100% correct. And anytime Thomas has spent money for a politician in the past, it's gone through me and right. I would have placed it. That yeah. money was placed, that dark money group came through a company called Icon International out of Connecticut. It was not through the PM group. It, Bob Wills did not touch it, wasn't aware of it. Um, and, and, I'll, and, I'll tell you, and I'll tell you this quickly, Trey. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm an independent. I lean... Uh, Republican, mm-hmm. okay? But I had already decided I was going to support Judge Sakai because I know of him, what he did helping kids, women, and children in the family. Mm-hmm. And he's a very, very good man. He's an immigrant himself that came here from uh, Japan. Smart, savvy. He, he, he ran his courtroom by rule of law. And it's just outright crazy that she do this. But you know why? You know who's behind all this? Not just Trish, her campaign manager, Greg Brockhaus, that we were involved with, with with San Antonio Police Officers Association, and he got fired because he wasn't doing his job. Okay. Okay. Trish may not even know that she got put in this ordeal by Greg to do this. It's, it's, a, it's a political stunt, and it's all it is. And we need people that are honest to voters. Okay. You know, if, if they're lying to voters before they get elected, what's going to happen? If they did get elected, okay. All right, so we'll leave it at that. You uh, absolutely none of your money or none of the money from uh, Thomas J. Henry or, or Phillips went to any dark money group that was going to be spent here in uh, in Bear County at all. One hundred percent. Absolutely, okay. sir. All right. And like I said, my bank records are open for for uh, evaluation and assessment. Okay. Very good. Bob, thank you very much. I appreciate you being on this morning to talk a little bit about it. I wanted to offer you know, the opportunity for the other side to get in here, and you did so. So thank you, sir. 
Thank you very much, Trey. We'll talk to you soon. That's Bob Wills from the PM Group joining us here on KTSA. All right, quick break. i got to tell you about Quartermoon. Quartermoon Plumbing, Heat and AC at Quartermoon. You get outstanding service from wonderful guys over there that aren't interested in getting into your home to see what else they can sell you. Now, unfortunately, there are others in the business that do exactly that. But Quartermoon will never send anybody who's a commission salesperson over there. What they do is they send a plumber if that's what you need. They send a, an AC tech if that's what you need. They send a uh, heating guy if that's what you need. And by the way, this time tomorrow morning, you're going to be thinking about calling a heating guy to have your heating system checked. So why don't you just do it today and beat the crowd by calling Quarter Moon Plumbing Heat and AC at 210-651-5899, 210-651-5899, and letting Quarter Moon come over and do a full heat system check. Because this time tomorrow morning, it'll be a reminder for you. You'll be, oh, man, I, I need to call. We'll do it today. Just get on their list, and they'll schedule a plumbing, and they'll send a guy out with a service truck, and he'll go completely through your heating system to make sure you're ready for the winter months and if you ever have a problem with your plumbing or your ac they'll be there as well as always with the best warranties anywhere that's quarter moon plumbing heat and ac 210-651-5899 accuweather beautiful day today 69 it's just going to get cold tonight by this time tomorrow morning we're going to be in the 30s and 40s and then tomorrow pleasant plenty of sunshine 74 and thursday 80 right now 57 at ktsa 71 stay connected all right 621 trey Ware, ktsa anytime you want to jump in here 210-599-5555 so yesterday on the five greg gutfeld he lost it on his own network uh, about his own network and i couldn't agree more they were talking about these recent incidents where these numbnuts are going around and they're destroying property to try to get attention for whatever their cause is. And the most recent was the destruction of a $90 million Van Gogh painting by throwing tomato soup all over it. That's just a numbnut. It's worse than that, but I can't say it on the radio. You know, FCC and boom, fired. But that's, that's insanity. The same is true with the numbnuts that went in the grocery store and started dumping milk out, just pouring milk all over the grocery store floor. Well, we're going to fight climate change. And these people got green and purple hair, you know, half high on something. I have no idea. They're just idiots and fools is what they are, dumping milk all over a grocery store floor. I'm fighting climate change by throwing tomato soup all over a $90 million Van Gogh, man. How is that going to fight climate change? Of course, it doesn't. Here's what it does, however, do. It gets them attention. It gets them their 15 minutes on the TV or on the radio or on the, you know, wherever TikTok video. Gets them their 15 minutes, and then they hit you with the plea. Give us money. We're fighting climate change. That's how they raise money. Gutfell's had enough of it. So have I. So he has a personal policy. He doesn't air that crap on his show. He, he, re, he refuses. So yesterday they were going to play it. And he said, no, don't play it, man. Don't play that, you know, the whole Van Gogh. with the, the Don't play it. Don't, don't play it. And they said, well, I don't even think we have it. Somebody else said that on the panel. I don't even think we have it. Guess what? They rolled it. Ooh, he was pissed. He was like, I can't believe you guys just did that. He said, you know, in the 70s they had this thing called, that was popular called streaking. Right, and they had uh, they'd show the streaking when they'd run through a baseball stadium or a football stadium or whatever, and they'd keep doing it until the television got bored with it and television quit airing it, and then all of a sudden there were mo no more streakers because it wasn't interesting, and they quit. And he said the same is true, and I agree with him. The same is true, man, with these spree killers at these schools and everywhere. As long as you are advertising it, as long as they get their 15 minutes, as long as you show their face when they kill themselves or are killed by a cop or whatever, bam, then they got what they wanted out of it. They got their, even though they're dead and they don't even know it happened, they got their infamy from it. So he, he refuses to say their names or show it or anything, do anything with it. And I, I do, too. I will not say the names of those people who go in these schools and kill people. I just refuse. So I'm not going to be a part of their advertising campaign. And the same is true with these Van Gogh uh, painting uh, folks and, and people dumping milk and everything else. And I agree with, uh, with uh, Greg Gutfeld. I, I would like to see my brothers and sisters in the media come together and say, this crapola like this, we're just not going to cover it anymore. So good luck. PETA, same way. All these folks. I'm not covering this crap anymore. Uh, you don't deserve, you haven't done anything. What have you done to deserve? So you threw tomato soup on a Van Gogh. What have you done to deserve any kind of press coverage? It's boring. It's not interesting to anybody. 
It's vandalism, and you need to be sitting your butt in jail is where you need to be. If you're pouring milk out in a store, you're throwing tomato soup on a priceless painting, put your ass in jail where it belongs and leave you there for a while. I'm good with leaving you there. Peter Strzok, the guy, one of the agents, remember him and Lisa Page had the fair going, and he told her, pillow talk, no, don't you worry, we've got an insurance policy against Trump. You remember all that? And the insurance policy was Crossfire Hurricane, which was made up by Hillary Clinton. So it showed that these guys that I call the political idiots in the in the uh, Justice Department, including him, including this T-Bolt guy and the other, they were colluding with the Democrat Party against Donald Trump all these years. Well, he still is, even though he got fired from the FBI, and he was on MSNBC yesterday, and he's one of the numbnuts that now says, well, January 6th was worse than 9-11. January 6th was worse than 9-11. Why? It was the deadliest attack on the U.S. Capitol. No, it wasn't. You know what happened? You know who died at the U.S. Capitol? Ashley Babbitt did, and she was one. She was in there as one of the people that is a supporter of freedom and liberty in this country. She was shot by a Capitol Police officer, and we didn't know his name for the longest time. She was the only one that died on January 6th. It wasn't a Capitol officer. In fact, they opened the doors and invited him in. There was also a rabble of guys who were dressed in black that said, come on, let's go in here, and then they changed their clothes to Trump clothes. Who were they? Were they FBI agents? I don't know. I have my thoughts. I know what I believe. And I know that what I believe is this was an inside job to create all of this that happened. But as far as being worse than 9-11, how much more asinine can you possibly get with a comment? But it doesn't surprise me coming from somebody like him. Chris, you're on KTSA with Trey. Go right ahead quickly. Good morning, everybody, Trey and everybody else. Hey, my quick comment is not only do you not talk about whoever would do damage to the Van Gogh or anything else, you make it worldwide that if you commit that our rate, you're castrated. Make them a steer. Yeah, thank you, Chris. I appreciate it very much. Okay, quick break here. Back in just a minute after Dennis Foley and the news. Trey Ware, KTSA for Lifestyles Unlimited. Lifestyles Unlimited, the real estate mentoring group that will teach you how to invest in real estate and start making money with it. Now, here's the deal. You can go out and you can start buying homes if you want to. Have at it. Buy, buy those houses. But without the knowledge on what needs to be done for you to be able to make money, Chances are you're going to lose your money. But if you get with our friends over at Lifestyles Unlimited, go through their FinancialFreedomLivestream.com course like I did, then you're going to be armed with the information you need to be able to put together a, a uh, an investment strategy and plan that will begin to pay off for you right away. Now, this is not get rich quick. That doesn't exist. You're going to have to work this. But if you'll work it, you can retire in five years or less, and they're going to show you that path at Lifestyles Unlimited. Here's what I want you to do. Go to FinancialFreedomLivestream.com. That's FinancialFreedomLivestream.com. And use my name, where is your promo code. It's going to save you a lot of money to do that. FinancialFreedomLivestream.com. Start putting together your financial plan for the future. Start making money investing in real estate. FinancialFreedomLivestream.com. Where? W-A-R-E. You really have to wonder about parents who would dress their kids up as Jeffrey Dahmer. Seriously. Mm -hmm. You really have to go, what are you thinking? Or even adults dressing up as well. Jeff, that too. Yeah. Anybody dressing yeah. up as Jeffrey Dahmer. But I'm yeah. I mean, it's one thing for an adult to do it. You're just a dummy. Yeah. But it's another thing for you to put your kid in that costume. How stupid is that? Show up to school in that. Good lord, now. Now what is wrong with people in this country? What is wrong? What is going on? We you we need God, man. We have got to get God back into people's lives. We've got to turn people back to Jesus Christ. We've got to get people praying again. We've got to get people reading the Scripture and the Bible again. We are so far off track since we got away from all that. We are a mess in our culture here with all this trans crap and all this stuff about we're going to put kids in Dahmer costumes and all this other stuff that I was talking about the last half hour with the tomato soup being thrown on, on just priceless pieces of art. Yeah, we need God, man. That's, that's, that's what we need. God send revival, please, to our country. Jesus send revival to our country. Because that's what we have to have if we're going to survive as a nation. Freeze alerts issued for more than 75 million Americans. Coldest air of the season invading the Midwest, the South, and the East. You're going to feel it 24 hours from right now. Just giving you a heads up. Ron DeSantis, my president, Ron DeSantis, said this yesterday. We have some serious battles on our hands to keep this state, meaning Florida, free. 
and quite frankly, to save our country from going into the abyss. Yay. He says, now we have corporations that are being captured by all this woke stuff. Warning that those corporations are trying to impose the woke agenda through economic means that they could not achieve through political means or win at the ballot box. So the woke agenda, the left, nut jobs, instead of instead of winning a political office, now they are strong-arming corporations to do all this green stuff and capture our culture uh, for them, and they're using now corporations to do it. They're trying to stifle dissent. They're trying to impose an orthodoxy on this country, end quote from Ron DeSantis. He's absolutely right. They are trying to stifle dissent at every turn. When Joe Biden stood in Philadelphia in front of the Red Wall and said, Republicans are the biggest threat to this country and to democracy. And a kid, an 18-year-old actually got killed because of it. When he did that, he was stifling dissent. He was trying to say to Republicans, you sit down, you shut your mouth, and don't you dare tell a pollster or put a, put a sign in your yard or a Republican sticker on your car. Don't you dare, because you will be a target. And you know what I've heard so much? I've heard from tons of Republicans saying, he's jacked up about that because I'm doing it. I'm putting signs in my yard. I'm giving money to Republicans, and I cannot wait for early voting to start. So, you know what, Joe? It's not going to work, big boy. Ron DeSantis again. He continued on. Absolutely no substitute for courage. Absolutely no substitute for courage. DeSantis says you have to be willing to go out there knowing that they are going to come after you. And it's just not people like me, a governor. If a parent speaks out at a school board meeting, you know, they're going to mobilize the FBI to go after parents at school board meetings. They're doing it. They are. They're sending the FBI to round up people for praying and singing at abortion clinics. That's what they're doing. So the governor is absolutely correct. Another reason. These words mean everything. This is exactly why I want him to be president of this country. There's no substitute for courage. This is not a time for a bunch of wimps. This is time for the brave to stand up, to be counted, to be heard, and stand against the tide that's moving against the brave in this country. The tide that's moving against our families in this country. Our families are the ones that have the targets on their backs. And it takes a lot of courage and bravery to stand up, stand in the way of the left who are coming for your family. Whether you realize it or not, they're coming for your family. The governor went on to say, you can be smeared by the media, you can be smeared by the left, but these are sacrifices we just have to make because it's too important not to. And part of my motivation for being out there in the thicket is fighting for our kids. This is exactly right. One of my motivations for sitting here and doing this every day is because I bleed for this country. I love this country. I love my grandkids. And my grandkids, when I look at them, I want them to know that regardless of what happens with me and what happens with my career, someday, you know, I'm going to be put in the ground or whatever they're going to do with my remains. That's going to happen someday. But I want them to know I fought for their future, that I use my voice for their future. And that's what Ron DeSantis is saying. And you don't have to have a microphone and a radio station to do that. You can do it wherever you go, whatever your circle of influence is. Yesterday, I got my hair cut because Friday is going to be a special day around here, so I got my hair cut, so I look halfway decent. And a girl who was cutting my hair, a mother of two, wife, was telling me she just launched into She didn't know me from Adam. She had no idea who I was. And she launched into this, I'm now buying food. I'm now doing this. I'm ready to do whatever it takes to stand up for this country. That's her circle of influence. She cuts hair. That's her circle of influence. I was listening to everything that she said. How many other people did she say that to yesterday? I have no idea, but I hope it was a bunch. Then he, DeSantis talked about going into Congress. He was in Congress at one time. He said, I didn't drink the Kool-Aid. I never caught potomac fever. On the trips back and forth, he'd look at the national monuments and realize the most important national monuments that we have are those that are much smaller, very nondescript, arranged in row over row of what happened in the rolling hills. And those monuments are in a place called Arlington National Cemetery, he said. And it underscored for me that you can have the best declaration of independence in the world, which we uh, do have, and the best constitution in the world, which we do have. And you can have the best ideas in the world. 
These ideals must be worthy of individuals who stand up for, willing to put that on that uniform, stand up on that wall and say, you know what, I will risk and give my life for these ideals. And that's what we've had in this country. So I want to thank everybody who served. I want to honor the memories of all who were killed in action or missing in action. We not only fight for ourselves and the next generation, we fight to vindicate their sacrifices, and we will do that here in the state of Florida. God bless you, Governor DeSantis, and thank you for all you're doing to keep this country free. And we hope, and I hope, that I'll get a chance one day to elevate you to the highest office in the land so you can bring those kind of principles to our nation. Well, Broadway Vascular and Dr. Dallas Broadway and all the physicians at Broadway Vascular are here to work with you on circulation issues. If you deal with poor circulation and you deal with the pain of poor circulation, if you're dealing with leg ulcers or foot ulcers or sores or anything like that, Dr. Dallas Broadway and all the physicians at Broadway Vascular are here to help with minimally invasive outpatient procedures. Nope. They're not one of these practices that right away says, time to go to the hospital, let's do an operation. That's not them at all at Broadway Vascular, quite the opposite. In fact, they're saving limbs every day. They are correcting poor circulation every day and no trips to the hospital. Most of these procedures are about an hour long and are done right there at the office at Broadway Vascular, which is at the corner of Blanco and Loop 410. Helping people get better and stay out of the hospital is what it's all about. In fact, not only is it uh, poor circulation, but hemorrhoids, they're also very common. They can help you with that, too, with a non-invasive procedure that Dr. Dallas Broadway and the physicians are world-renowned for doing. That's Broadway Vascular. Call them today at 210-465-7015. Hey, by the way, if you want to say the pledge on our show, just speak it into your phone and email it to me, Trey, T-R-E-Y, K-T-S-A dot com. Trey, T-R-E-Y, at KTSA.com. We'll put you in our system here, and you'll be set and ready to go. Well, you know, one of my problems, and I'm on social media, and uh, I, I kind of have to be for what I do, but I prefer not to be. And, I go, I, you know, it's one of the biggest struggles that I deal with. <laughs> it really is. Do I stay in this, or do I get out of this? And I run hot and cold. If you look at my posts on, on Facebook, some of them will be like they'll run forever without me updating it or putting anything up. Because, first of all, Oh, I can tell you the whole dopamine stroke that you get from it. I watch the documentaries and everything, and the fact that the people who, who invented all this crazy stuff, they don't allow their own kids and their own family members to be on it all to tell you everything. So I know it's a big dopamine stroke. And I just have to every once in a while break that cycle of addiction for myself and say, I'm not, man, I'm not doing this. I'm just not. And I would prefer to not be doing any of it at all. And maybe one day that's going to be the case. Maybe. We'll see. Um, but I do know that our entire lives, man, too much so, are wrapped up in Google. It's like everywhere you turn, Google is a part of our lives. And because of that, Google knows so much about you, <laughs> like almost everything about you. Yes, they're listening. They are. And from Bridgehead IT, let me get Wes Bunch in here for our Tech Tuesday moment to talk a little bit about just what does Google know about us, Wes? Yeah, I get that question a lot, and it's typically like, you know, is it really as invasive as it sounds, and is it is true my, you know, my phone and Google is like tracking my every move, and, you know, while that might not be your every move, Google does desire to get close and personal with you, which is, you know, which is why it's a good idea to take a look and really understand what all it does know and, and to understand that you do have control over more than you might think. You know, first off, Google knows everywhere you've been. You know, when you think about Google Maps, it knows all the countries, all the cities, and all the attractions, things like restaurants that you've been to. And by default, that's called location history, by the way. That's turned on. And it's kind of cool because it lets you go back and see where you've traveled. For instance, you might forget, you know, this cool restaurant you went to two months ago, and you can actually go back to Google and look at your travel history and say, oh, yeah, that was that, was that restaurant we went to, and you can rebook and go back. Um, but the good news is is that you can turn that feature off. You can actually pause your location history. Um, you can even turn it off altogether, and your phone will stop collecting this information. Uh, the process is a little different for Apple versus Android. You can do a quick search on a search engine, and it will teach you how to do that. It's amazing how much information Google gets just by tracking your every move and where you're going. The next one, Google Photos. And a lot of people don't realize this, but when you take a photo, Google logs where you took it. 
time you took it, and it can even recognize people and places in the photo. This is called metadata, and Google uses these data to make money, you know, by sending you relevant advertisements that, you know, about things that you may think that you like or places you may want to go, even people that you may want to be like or clothes that you may want to wear. It, it extracts that from oh, the photos. God. It's crazy. That's called location tracking for photos, and you can actually fortunately go in and turn that off as well. Again, it's different kind of for every phone, so it's something that you'll want to Google and look at. But I definitely recommend turning that off. It's just, I don't know, my opinion, it's a lot of information that I don't think that they need to have. Other, you know, Another one is ad interest. I think everybody knows about this, but you know, if you ever search for something like a hotel room price or an airline price or food, you know, for the next few weeks, you get all these ads not only on your phone and computer, but also on your TV. I was searching for a tractor part the other day online, and all of a sudden on TV, all these tractor supply ads start coming across mm-hmm. the, the television. And, you know, the Google algorithms are surprisingly adept at determining mm-hmm. what you like, and it's a huge moneymaker for Google. So uh, that's another one you can turn off as well. It's going to be in the privacy and personalization section of your Google account. You can completely shut that off and still have a great web browsing experience. So, you know, as you can see, you know, some of this tracking can actually be a little helpful to you, but mostly it's helpful to Google and it makes them a ton of money. So I recommend that you just yeah. you know, understand these settings and know that you can turn them off and it'll tell you, oh, it's not going to be a great experience. No, it'll be a great experience. You'll be able to still find everything you want to find. Well, here's something that I do too because i've been in this business for you know 50 well 60 60 years when you count me just growing up in it but on my own close to 50 this microphone that i'm speaking into now is always on the only thing this red button does when i hit this red button is it makes you able to hear this microphone by opening the channel but the microphone itself is always on same is true with your phone and same is true with your camera same is true with your camera that's in your monitor and everything else i have a little piece of tape on the camera uh, on my monitor at home uh and the microphone i'm very careful and then how do i know that because i'll have conversations with my wife and the phone is sitting over on the counter and we'll be talking about some item that we're considering to buy for the house and Wes, I'll pick up and go on to IG or I'll go on to Facebook or whatever, and I'll see ads for that item. Now, I haven't, I haven't searched that item in, in, in the phone. It's just us speaking that. Alexa has been doing the same thing in our home. Now, that's an Amazon product, but she's been doing the same thing. And every once in a while, she'll say, would you like to see those umbrellas for your backyard? After she and I were just merely having a conversation about umbrellas. We didn't say her name. So I've been doing a little family experiment at home using certain phrases and uh, and buzzwords that I think that she lights to, and you can tell that she's on by the red circular or the blue circular light on top. And sure enough, there are certain things that I can say in my home that wakes her up, and it's not her name. So, yes, we are being observed, and I know this is like paranoia tinfoil hat, but it's not. We're being observed beyond just our participating in it. We're not participating in being observed. We haven't necessarily given our permission to be observed, but we are. Well, and it's not just in your home. It might be in your car. You know, these devices talk to each other. So you can have that same conversation in your car with your phone. And when you get home, you might see an ad on your TV. I saw that. I saw that the other day. I saw a big story about that just the other day. All right, man, this is great info, and a lot of people are going to want to hear this on the podcast and get in touch with you guys over at Bridgehead at 210-477-7999 and online at bridgeheadit.com. Thanks, Wes. We'll talk soon, man. Have a great day, Trey. Take care. You too. All right. Uh, Warren Rima coming up next, KTSA.